Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Two there we go. of the farmer talking about Arnie Bestwick. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's best we come clean. And by we, I mean me. Last week I had to cut, this, I had to cut the episode short because I had a horrible stomach bug and uh, couldn't leave the toilet. And uh, I told Mr. Fate afterwards, I was like, hey, man, I got to cut this short. I was like sweating. I couldn't focus. And I knew I was just doing a terrible job as hosting. So I was like, how about we do another one in a week? So um, yeah. I went back through. I read the book again. And uh, But for everybody that didn't listen last week, how about you introduce yourself, man? All right. My name is Dean Fate, uh, um, and uh, two years in the making almost, I wrote a book on Arnie the Farmer Beswick and uh, told about, you know, lots of cool stories, I think, about his yeah. life and, and starting at his birth, and, and there was pictures in the book as recent as t- 2020. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mr. Beswick's still alive, and today's his birthday, correct? Yeah, 91 years young. <laughs> It's an animal, and uh, yeah, yeah man. So, I real quick question is, um, just kind of let's just jump right into it. When when you're going into the story about where he has, his, I believe, his two daughters in the car, and there's someone kind of like sneaking up on him and saying he wants right. to get revenge. Was yeah. that revenge as in like a drag race or revenge? Exactly, but the, on a, the, on a, the way on a, it was worded, I thought this guy was gonna ram into arnie and kill him it was like he saw revenge and was sneaking up and i was like jesus is this about to turn into a snuff story but no <laughs> you meant drag racing yeah exactly yeah just thought just out on a you know going leaving morrison heading to the family farm and yeah and and the guy's name is spencer knox who had uh chrysler's and so forth and and uh he was gonna he was gonna beat arnie that day you know because arnie had hand, handed him a lot of uh, losses at the drag strip mm-hmm. but uh um, and then he didn't even accomplish what he set out to. Yeah, and it sounds like, man, it sounds like there's no good deed unpunished, right? There's so many stories of Arnie like helping out his competitors, like you know, the proverbial, oh, sure. the proverbial help the guy up while he's down, even if you're racing against him. And then no good deed goes unpunished. And I feel like, other than JFK, no person has been screwed harder by politics than Arnie Beswick in terms of just like they'd go in there. And everything was you're not supposed to win. Yeah, you're the lowly farmer. You're the podunk. You know, oh shucks, I didn't think I'd ever make it to the. And the big city slicker supposed to win. And Arnie's kind of double middle fingers, like nah, man, and just runs a train on him. But time and time again, he would be. Yeah, I mean the story went in last time is they'd go in and they'd go right after the race. The guy went in and like measured one of the cylinders on in Arnie right after the race. Well, what does heat do? It expands. So they go exactly. in and they measure, and one of his things was one thousandth of an inch over, and uh, yeah. which is less than the less than the width of a piece of paper. Which I mean, if you take the calipers and you just, I mean, if you just turned your arm to where the gravity is different, that would affect it. And, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like I say, and he does expand it, and so that's, yeah. you know, Arnie was in a big hurry to get out of there. So. Well, even something like that, though, where it's like regardless of heat, I feel like you'd have to do multiple measurements just because when you're on that, 
I've had a guy on here who talks who talked about the science of measurements, and they have these like these different, I guess, standards. These different like right. these actual like physical blocks. I don't know what their composition is, but like one guy he works for like you know some industrial firm, and one guy like left him there in Texas, and one guy like left him in his truck one morning, and they went to the work site. And they, he's like, do you have them? And he's like, yeah. And he, he went and grabbed them from, like, the backseat of his truck or something. And they're like, we can't use those. And he was like, why? And he's like, well, you left them in your truck in the heat. But it wasn't even, like, summer. It was, like, spring. And they weren't even in the sun. They were, like, in the shade. He's like, what do you mean? Okay. He's like, you cannot even leave them in the heat because the <laughs> measurements that you're looking at are so tiny that that do- now if you're measuring a mile and it's off by an inch, whatever. But when you're measuring down to the ten thousandth of an inch – point exactly. is is yeah and it happened again and again right where arnie would go up to him and be like no 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 come back here and they'd be like no yeah well we talked about it a lot last week you know it was so political yeah so political yeah and yeah. man i can't help but think granted i'm 30 years old coming on 31 and you know i, I always learning and changing and evolving when i look at something like that and it's like, oh, that's just political. They didn't, again, they didn't want the potunk simpleton farmer. You know, they wanted the city slicker guy, you know, or the measurements. And it's like, oh, that's so political. That's BS. Is that, maybe this is a life lesson. Is that the exception or is that the case of life? Do you go through everything? Like right now, I have a hard time getting this podcast growing because I have a lot of conservative, more conservative leaning viewpoints, which is fine. I have a bunch of liberal friends. That's whatever. That's not the scope of this podcast. But I get a lot of my stuff taken down by YouTube. You can't find my stuff in the search bar because they don't put it in the search listing. And I'm like, I'm like, well, my channel would be a lot bigger if it wasn't for this politics. But it's like, I don't think there is a, a what. I'd be in the NBA if I wasn't five ten, Dean. But it's like, well, well, dude, you you are five ten. Like we yeah, can we yeah. can sit here and talk about what it could have, should have, would have been. Right. Is that is that just on a now we're just I guess we're quickly jumping into philosophical. Is that a life lesson? You're older than me. Is that a life lesson? Is everything politics? <laughs> I think a lot of times it is. <sighs> Damn it. I really do. <laughs> it's you know, it's some, everybody has their own agenda, you know. And and NHRA definitely we're talking about the race in nineteen sixty one. Mm-hmm. NHRA definitely had its own agenda for that race because I think we mentioned it last time that Mickey Thompson was a huge sponsor of that event and he had like five or six entries. In, in all those classes and he was supposed to be the winner yeah you know yeah so. it's and you can see man I, man i got i respect the uh i respect the hustle of it all though right they're going out and they're like spreading different things they're like this is his home track he's never lost a race and then they find the other guy they're like this is his home track he's never lost a race and everyone's like oh shit we got to go to the race and meanwhile they're selling hot dogs and beer and i'm like i gotta respect the hustle oh yeah (laughs) i gotta make a buck yeah you're talking i think you're talking about the ron lake uh Mm -hmm. uh, uh, match race with don gust out of chicago yeah forth and, and Ron Leak went on to be a track owner, uh, Rockford, and then it changed his name to Byron, you know, and he just recently passed away. But uh, but back then he had aspirations for, for being event directors. And and so, you know, he he spread that word about those two, you know, all over, you know, northern Illinois, probably southern Wisconsin and so forth, wherever he could. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was huge. And and that's he was the one. 
and he does this with a lot of racers. He gives them nicknames, and uh, uh, so he was the one that coined, you know, the farmer, as as yeah. as mentioned. You know, anybody that lived ten miles from the Iowa border had to be a farmer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and it, it should be noted that Arnie viewed it as a derogatory term. Oh, big time at yeah. first. Yeah, you're a simpleton. You're a farmer. Yeah, Again, exactly. Yeah. Second class or third class uh-huh. citizen. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like. It's 2021. I'm Irish. Whatever. If it was 1850 and someone said you're Irish, I'd be like, you know, F you too, right? It's, <laughs> it's, you know, need not apply. Them fighting words, yeah. Exactly. And so I, I never thought about it when I first read it. I was like, yeah, the farmer, nickname. But it's, no, that was, it was a bit of a, yeah. It was, oh, you're just a lowly farmer, you know. How'd you find a car? And it's just like, what the hell? But it's, it's interesting that, I mean, if you don't have, if, if it's just that, that age-old tale that's in every story from Gilgamesh to Harry Potter and the farmer is, right, it's uh, it's one of the levels of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right, and it's atonement with the father. If Arnie doesn't have to, like, sort of make peace with his dad and different generations, right, it's like, you can't paint flames on your car or you can't do this. And then if it isn't another microcosm of the time, right, what was, they wanted to paint the words passionate on the side of it, and one of the women was like, no, you will not. Like, that is, you know, that's bed talk. And it's just like, holy that this is a different era, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. And, you know, yeah, at the time, Arnie was a manic for working for Larry Johnson Pontiac in Clinton, Iowa. And, you know, so he got, you know, he was told that, uh, uh, you know, he was sure passionate about his Pontiacs. And, and it, it clicked. And so he told Larry Johnson about it. And, and so Larry thought it was a great idea and, and he could write the whole thing off as a business expense. So he took it to the sign painter and everything like that. Well, his, it was his wife, Darlene, that thought it was a dirty, vulgar yeah. term and so forth. And, and the, the irony and the funny part about it was he had to sleep on the couch for yeah. like a week. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And it's uh, what was the other thing in the race where it's like somebody was cheering for someone. I didn't, I didn't entirely grasp the situation. <laughs> Yeah. His wife smacked so was, him. Yeah, yeah, that was down in Daytona in 1960. Um, and and can, can, uh, you ex- so, can you explain that to everybody listening? Can you explain yeah, the scenario? Absolutely. So, uh, one of the biggest uh, competitors to Arnie in 1960 in Daytona at that ra- that eight day race was uh, the winner of the 1959 NHRA Nationals. His name was Harold Ramsey. He drove a 57 Chevy, and and so. Either he or his wife, Thelma, protested Arnie's car and it took a telegram from Pontiac to, to, to put them down and, and so Arnie could keep his, his winnings intact and so on and so forth. And, and the very last race of the, of the last day, you know, everybody that's involved with either Arnie or Harold um, is watching the race. And, you know, obviously a big cheer goes up from the Morrison and, you know, the the, his contingency of people and his fans and you know so Thelma was <laughs> was didn't like how much enthusiasm that one guy in particular Andy Perry was showing and she came over and slapped him so and he didn't hesitate he he slapped her right back and, and so he got the term of for the whole trip back he's the woman beater <laughs> if that's not another sign of the times right you know yeah, exactly. pow pow right in the kid you know <laughs> get out of here and yeah, it's just, exactly. yeah, it's just not another sign of the times. Um, it to, and kind of like another 
I guess off tangent is one thing I've always been I've always kind of been interested in not enough to actually go learn it or get a job in it is heat dissipation it's always been a very it's mainly because I like air conditioning I just like the cold I'm from New Hampshire I remember in college at Valdosta State University and then the University of Georgia I would just little things studying all day and the sun's coming through the windows you know I'd find okay if you know if I went and grabbed some cardboard out of the recycling and I'd tape it to the you know window I know I could keep the radiative heat coming off and then convection conduction all right what if my computer right now computer gets hot you know i'm doing editing and processing i have a little fan under it that makes sure there's a gap between this and the table so it doesn't just stifle itself um i've got a little like vacuum thing on it that actually sucks the heat out i've got a big box fan right here that i turn on when i'm editing it's just this jet of of air and uh when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, another thing I've got to take it to another level ever since I moved to my own apartment, I got some like cheap HVAC tubing and I actually went and put it up on the, the vent in the ceiling, I, like jammed a pencil through it so it stays. And then I have it snaked down and it comes up right behind the vo- box fan. So when I'm editing, because cooling in a computer, if you go get like water cooling, like you can go really into it. I know you're new on a Mac right now. I only use a Mac because I'm not computer savvy. If you want, I have friends that are really into gaming. You can get these like really intricate pieces that they have like copper plates because copper has the highest conductivity of heat. And these copper plates, like a radiator, will be spread out and then there'll be cycling cold water so you can water cool it. And it's like you can get really intricate. I don't do that. But I have these two metal tubes of cold air coming in and I I go in and I instead of spending three grand, I spend fourteen dollars. And then I go over, (laughs) I go to the thermostat and I'm like, this is my cooling system. I put it on 60, turn it on. And as I'm editing, it's the you know, it's it's 80 degrees outside. But when I'm editing, I'm wearing a hoodie because I've got it freezing in here. The point of all that is, is I can find this is episode 437. I can find I can press the video and then I know you're probably thinking Tommy what the hell does this have to do with Arnie Beswick and I'm getting there <laughs> is is I can press the video and then I drag it to iMovie and it's got to export again I'm too stupid to understand that it gets really hot and it's not just enough that it it gets hot is that it it takes time because it can't you know it has like if you ever leave your phone out in the car in the heat in the summer, this might it doesn't happen a lot, but it, it oh, don't test it. You might break your phone. But if you go out and leave it in the heat, you'll you can go and pick it up, and it might actually like a little red triangle will come up, and it will say like too hot, and it will shut itself down. And it's because it has like a self preservation mode where it's like the components are actually going to break irreparably, and it doesn't matter if you cool it down because now they're deformed. The computer will only push itself so far, and then it will stop itself. And me and my quest to just do better, I guess, there's really no moral to this, is I like to jack up the cold air so that it edits faster. And it does make a difference. If the editing goes from two hours to one hour, that's a difference. That's a lot less shit I have to pay attention to. Fast, yeah, exactly. Purpose of that whole rant is 
Arnie was testing out with a new like air cooling system, correct? Was it a, was it the bump in the hood? Oh yeah, yeah. The the scoop. You're talking about the, the scoop. scoop, the, the scoop. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know the the engines develop a lot of heat, mm-hmm. and and it's it's been long known that you like the cold air from outside yeah. for to 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 introduce that into the internal combustion the the engine. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that was uh, the first thing he did was that scoop. And then, but then NHRA came along in 1962 and said if it wasn't on the car from the factory, you couldn't put it on. So in 1962, what he did is he raised up, opened the back of the hood up a little bit, a couple inches, and then he put a whole bunch of little louvers in the hood to let the let the hot air out of there, and then ran tubing up to the front. I don't you know, remember that. Yeah, yeah. We, it, it really wasn't talked a lot about in the book. Okay, uh, no, that went in. I was going to say, I don't remember that. So, yeah. okay, so he went in. He, he said, what would you say he put in the back? You said lures, like fishing lures? He opened the back of the hood up a couple inches to so like, that the, like closer to the, the hot air could escape that way. And then he, on top of that, he put a whole bunch of little louvers in the hood louvers. so that it could come out the top. When, and then then he took uh, uh, duct work, basically, Took out the inner headlights or one one set of headlights and and ran the tubing up to the front of the car that way to get the cold air that was outside into the into the carburetors. What an animal! Yeah. What a. But so I so again I'm 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 auto automobile automobile challenged auto whatever right automobile 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 automobile. So the, you said the back of the hood, so closer to the windshield, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. What did you say? We said louvers or lo- what? Do you, in my mind, did you say fishing lures? No, no, no. They're louvers. They're just little where you take a. Uh, it's a special tool, and it and it punch a hole. Cuts the metal. Yeah. Okay. Cuts it, and then so yeah, it has a little bump in the in the hood. Okay. And then so there's lots lots of these little bumps that are only like you know okay. really big. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, probably fifty seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. Just add it so all. So that's up, what yeah. he did. In, that's what he did. In yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, there's. I don't. I didn't show a lot of pictures of the. If you look, there are some pictures of that mm-hmm. sixty Catalina. Yeah. And you'll if you if it's from you know higher enough, you can see the the opening in the back of the hood and all okay. the room. Okay. Yeah. That's so badass. And that's, yeah. I mean, but that's, yeah, that's, that's early air cooling, right? Yeah. 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 And what was the thing where it's, it's, they said that sometimes he could use the hood and sometimes he couldn't. So he brought like two hoods. Yeah. Yeah. So it, occasionally uh, after they put that scoop on in 61, you know, he'd go to maybe a smaller track and the tech, tech guys that were looking at the car said, that's not, that's not legal. You yeah. can't run that. And so. He learned then to have a second hood that, yeah. that didn't have the scoop on it. And what was the thing where it's like it had to be a factory part, so they would just like slap on a serial number or something, or they get the factory to say it was a part? What was that? <laughs> yeah, that's what they did. That's what yeah. Arnie did with that scoop. You know, so they were working for Bur- or right at uh, the dealership right across was a Burpee Seed with all these big Ford trucks coming in. And Don Bennett was the guy that said, there's what we need on that big truck right there. And and Arnie said, yeah. And so 
And of course, they knew that they had to get a part number to, to be legal. So Frank Barnard was the guy to go to in those days, you know, for special equipment and all that stuff. So, you know, they within a couple of days. And so then they went over to the Ford dealership and ordered the scoop and, and, and put it on the car. And, and the first time they took it to the to Cordova, Bob Bartell was calling it kind of amazed at his ingenuity that he could come up with a, a legal part number that, that quick, you know. But it seems like that's what it, and again, this is my simpleton mind, um, not understanding racing. Um, my, my older brother, who was a research engineer at Georgia Tech, I remember he, I think he went to a NASCAR race once with a friend. And uh, my brother did research on like jet engines for the Air Force, classified stuff. I mean, badass. And uh, us being, you know, spoiled city kids, we we always kind of looked at NASCAR, you know, kind of looked down on it. Like, oh, like NASCAR, you just rate, right? Just little assholes. And I remember he went to a race and I remember him telling me, he was like, dude, my mind has completely changed on it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, we always poked fun at it, right? Yeah. Just being little, was, being little brats. Well, they and, just go around in circles, right? Yeah, right. It's very, I mean, and I say that, you know, I'm, I'm saying that like not, not proud of it. Just, you know, little, little assholes like, oh, you know, race cars, you know, kind of like how they would call Arnie the farmer, right? I was, that was yeah. that little asshole. And I remember my brother went to it highly intelligent guy that did research on jet engines and he was like dude it is so badass and i was like why he was like we were up there on in like the stands and he's like i mean these things are fighter jets without wings yeah he's like yeah. they're flinging by and he's like everything's rocking and he goes and in that moment i realized oh this is what it's all about like the first time i went to a baseball game i don't oh, watch sure. i don't watch any sports but i remember going to a braves game in atlanta and I was like, oh, this isn't what you see on TV. Like, and, you know, and here's Kevin Smith. And you can see he's got a new bat. You know, Bob, I was watching the game yesterday. And you're like, what am I watching? But then when you're there, there's no commercials. There's not panning around. You're there in the stadium. You feel everyone cheering. And, you know, and you see the stars coming out. And it's getting, you can hear the crack. And it's all right there. And you're like, oh, this is why people watch baseball. Yeah, he was like, I understood why people watch NASCAR. And I've always wanted to do a race because of that. Um, that being said, it almost seems like part of the way to win and granted, yes, you have to be a talented driver, but it seems like part of it is Arnie's ingenuity. The reason I said all of that is to say when they do strip down the cars, when there are all of these regulations and standards, well, the mind eventually goes to, well, if everything is limited to a certain thing then how does anyone get an edge? And it seems like the edge exists in those tiny little bits where it's like, Penalties, yeah. yes, we can, how do we work within the system? Okay, well, what we can do, you know, it's like if they test everyone in the NFL for steroids and you can't have more players on the field than other people, I mean, how do you, well, eventually, okay, maybe trick plays. You watch film, right? You try to get these little tiny just cuts up on people. And it seems like that's what it is. It's maybe not necessarily trying to pull a fast one and you put some nitrous in there or something illegal, right? Yeah. Or some like yep. cartoonish, you release the tacks and the nails out the back of it, right? Some like, <laughs> you know, like some speed racer shit. But instead yeah. it is, you find these little edges. Maybe it's 
punching holes in the hood to let the hot air out and you take out you put in duct work and if you can find a way to slap it with a title of a manufacturer's piece that in addition to practicing in like a well a fine honed machine with a team behind you that is what can give you the edge and yeah. to me just like my brother kind of was saw the light with NASCAR yeah. to me that's what your book did for me is I was like oh you know it it was like oh this isn't you know the farmer he it's like oh no there is this subtle just find an edge and it's like oh this is very cerebral like and that I, I can I can legitimately say that your your book changed my mind on that I was like oh this is a you know, if you just look at football, it, it, it you can look like, oh, it's a bunch of meatheads bashing each other's heads. But then you go in and you see what they're doing. You're like, oh, this is complex chess. He's going here. He's going here. Call an audible switch here. And you're like, oh, this is a this is a chess. This is a game with moving parts happening in real time. You can get an injury. You don't know what's going on. It's like, oh, this is this is very cerebral. So I do want to say thank you for that. Your book did change my mind on that. I was like, oh, this isn't just we're driving in a circle. It's like, dude, this is you're cutting off a thousandth of a second. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one of the things that because he was a pioneer in racing um, back then, you just couldn't call up Jigs or Summit Racing and, and say, "I need this part." Yeah. yeah. And so, so they were had to be inventive with with some of the things that you know they they were doing so that uh, you know to get that edge. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, it's kind of like uh, Skunk Works. Do you know what Skunk Works yeah. is? Lockheed Martin. Yeah. 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 You know when they, in Ben Rich's book Skunk Works, who was the he was the CEO of Skunk Works, when they were at the bleeding edge, and so there was no one to call, so they would often talk about like that's that's what you, oops, that's what you get when you're at the front of it is like. When they were making the SR-71 Blackbird, they were using the, – it was going so fast that it would melt, so they had to use titanium. Well, one, where was the titanium ore? This is the irony. The world's leading exporter of titanium ore was the Soviet Union. Oh, really? So Skunk Works contacted the CIA. The CIA created 10 shell companies. The shell companies bought the iron ore or the titanium, titanium ore from the USSR transported it through a bunch of shell companies back to the u.s where then we created the sr-71 blackbird made out of titanium from the soil of the soviet union to create a plane that would go photograph the soil of the soviet union it's a weird weird circle yeah yeah but they had to but because they're doing that with the titanium plates all the drill bits were like shattering okay they had no idea how to do it so they had to create all new tools just to work on it and a lot of they would find weird things like using wood would actually help when they were like i don't know how they when they're driving like wedges in just like old fat but there are all these little things where it was off the shelf parts can we do this can we do this can we cycle this back in here and it was it's kind of like what arnie's doing is there's no you don't have this billion dollar ferrari team behind you where we're like hey pull up the 3d modeling we need this made out of this and it's like no it's it's quite literally the farmer who's just like, how about we punch and, some holes in it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of trial and error, you know, yeah. um, one of his good friends, uh, Gary Wagner, that, that went down uh, with Arnie 
to uh, Daytona said that it with with uh, and this is not in the book, but it was like one of the one of the things that helped make Arnie a success was he was never complacent. Yes, he never sat on his laurels or something like that. He said we might try something; it might not work. If if not, you know, they they try something else or they go back to the original. But he was never complacent. Always, yes. Never just sat on his hands and, and said it's good enough yeah always push the edges always yeah, exactly. if i may yeah it's not good enough that i can edit the pod what 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 advantage do i really get for editing the podcast in an hour and a half instead of two hours none but to me complacency is is a fate worse than death is yeah. is just push the edge why for the you know 400 episodes in i finally got sound panels why because if we're not getting better what are we doing why are we doing yeah. this thing? Yeah. And Arnie does that. He's always, and you kind of have to when the cards are stacked against you. When you have guys that clearly don't want you, right? The uh, he had to padlock his his. Well, there's a whole like chain of custody, right? It's it's yeah. you got to leave it in the the shop overnight, and and is right. It's observed, and then it's almost like it's almost like the, I've had on guys here, but before that drive armored trucks. There's like tamper proof stuff you we do that when we're sending uh pieces to u.s embassies abroad we create tamper proof bags that's like plastic that if you stretch it at all it changes color and we purposely use uh materials that they don't have overseas so if it does get they can't rewrap it right it's not like the steam and the knife and you're opening the letter like a 1950s spy we do that to show chain of custody and arnie arnie got the shaft even from there because they would do everything and then Arnie would walk the car to the starting line and they would be like, ah, loss of chain of custody. And he'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. it's just, so when everything's stacked against you like that, it, right. It's, it's necessity's the mother of invention. And then what Dr. Hufton says and desperation is the drunk uncle. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. So yeah. when it's stacked again, when it's not enough that you just have to be better, you ha- he has to do things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, because he was disqualified from the U.S. Nationals in 61, and then again in 63, um, you know, he, there, there was no love between him and, and Wally Park's, yeah. you know, NHRA organization. Yeah. And uh, so then there's so that little stick, sticker that he put on the little Tempest coupe that said, you know, no druids, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or Wally Parks. Yeah, you know. yeah. And it's, there's also, man, if Arnie's not like a character out of a movie, like the <laughs> announcer's up on that, uh, the announcer's right, he's up there and he's just kind of talking shit, kind of, f- not false advertising, fake claim, fake news, fake news before it was a term. He's up there announcing the crowd, just kind of like belittling what Arnie's automobile does, if I recall correctly, and he's kind of boosting the other guys. And Arnie, who is at this point in crutches from an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, goes this, to the announcing like tower, walks up there, bangs on the door, goes over, grabs the microphone from the guy, and starts yelling, "That's a lie! That's a lie!" And and again, and again it's the same guy. It was Ron Leak, <laughs> so it gave him the farmer nickname. That's doing this. He's he was, you know, expanding or and you know telling how cool Mr. Norman yeah, Gary Dyer, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with the with the Mopar was, you know, the flying ram. And uh, you know, Don Gay was nobody important. It was a it was a match race, uh, and the whole story between the match race between Don Gay and Norm is very very interesting 
Um, it was, uh, I did it. I do a Pontiac club newsletter and it, and it, and it, <laughs> I stretched it out to seven, seven issues with that story about the, the name calling and all of it's like, it's like all-star wrestling, you well, know? It and is. It, yeah. And then, and of course, so then, uh, um, you know, Arnie was cheering for Don Gay, his friend. And so that's why he stormed the tower and literally broke the glass and snatched oh, the mic. Oh, yeah. Away. You know, I left out the best part. He was banging on the mind you. It's not enough that he heard it and was like, this is bullshit. It's not enough. They decided to go up there. He not only that, he went up there on crutches. Yeah, he was banging on the window. Thank you for, for reminding me. He's banging and they're not letting him in. The guy's announcing. So Arnie breaks the window and unlocks it from our and it's just like and he goes in there just breathing fire on a, like a mission from hell and yeah. just goes and takes the microphone and starts yell and it's a full stadium crowd and he's just no this is why it and it's just like that's an animal man that's a guy you want on your side right that's, exactly that's of course of course you know so Ron Lee just absolutely that was the, the that's emotion the thing. he wanted that's the so thing it's it's it's, it's the, <laughs> He's not stopping Arnie. He's no. Just him talk. And again, that comes back to the you got to respect the hustle. This guy knew exactly yeah. what he was doing. He yeah, exactly. wanted this thing. He wanted to build up this, this controversy. Yes, right? Just the, exactly. you know, the Undertaker versus Triple H, right? You know, it's exactly. I'm coming for you, brother. It's like he he built up this thing and he wasn't yeah. he wasn't cutting the microphone. He was just, you know, almost kind of like an evil, you know, it's like, "Yes, yes." You know, he's building <laughs> up this this rivalry because I mean, ultimately, right, it's maybe this is just another lesson, right? Everything's politics. Everything's also money. Got to keep the people coming there. You got to keep the people buying, which, hey, I respect it. You got to make a hustle, right? It's, it's, well, you even talked about that early on. There wasn't big bucks. This wasn't, right? This is like early NFL where like in the offseason, like early linebackers and quarterbacks, they'd like, you know, they'd own like a chain of supermarkets or they'd work on like a, a car lot. Because these they weren't making thirty million a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how, again, the politics with with the different companies, right? Sure. You know, where Arnie would kind of he'd have to. There's this weird. He knew he might need a part from Company A, and he had been recently kind of wiping the floor with company a's racer and so he had to play politics to where it was like like i use max i love max but like i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i need a pc part i'm not gonna sit up here and like necessarily talk shit about microsoft right because i might need a microsoft piece one day oh you're talking about the axle puller i think right yeah 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 so yeah there was of course there was a big race at cordova between Royal Pontiac and Arnie, and uh, anyway, so Arnie cleaned up on big time, and uh, so when they were at the U.S. Nationals, then uh, Arnie was told, "Is like, well, you might need to get those axles out there. They have a tendency to twist and break." And so he tried unsuccessfully to to, and that's a story in itself too. He tried unsuccessfully to get them out, and. Uh, you know, so when he was walking around, one of the royal guys saw probably saw him working on his car and like, we got to pull her at, at at the dealership that'll get those out. And uh, so yeah, so he had to kind of make play nice with him, you know, during the U.S. Nationals. And um, 
there's a, I didn't talk about this in the book. There are some pictures with Saturday's race with Arnie running a royal uh, hood. And I, I didn't put it in the book because I can't state for a fact that this necessarily happens. And Arnie doesn't really remember why he was running a, a royal Pontiac hood on his car. Um, it had the scoop on it. But uh, I think by then his car did too. But here you've got this blue, dark blue Ventura with a white and red hood that just does not match. And it's like, why did he run that hood? Well, it's my belief that that uh, that Royal came to him and said, you know, we've got a puller, you know, but but we're hungry for attention, and you're going down the final rounds and they had Royal had already been beaten. So they were out of running and he's, but they wanted the extra attention. So they probably made Arnie a deal that said, you run our hood and we'll pull those axles off for you. And, you know, when you're up in, in the Detroit area next. And so that's what I think happened, but do I have proof or anybody that remembers? No, I don't. It's all, all politics and money, baby. It's all, hey, Arnie, we'll, we'll do this for you, right? It's, it's exactly. all the way to the top. That's all it is. It's, yeah. You know, it's, right? It's, uh, I mean, interestingly enough, as I say all that, I don't get any money from any authors I have on here. For everybody listening, yeah. I realize I don't want them to draw that conclusion as I'm talking about it's all money and politics. I don't, Dean's not paying me. I'm not paying Dean. It's, um, but, can you, yeah, exactly. We're just shooting the shit, man. You know, maybe yeah. as maybe if we get into the big leagues and I become Joe Rogan, maybe we'll become all a bunch of dirty backroom deals with cigars and whiskey and scantily clad women and contracts and right shell companies. Probably not though. Probably just be the same shit. Probably just talking <laughs> talking shit, wearing crazy hoodies, right? Um, but and I yeah, and I noticed your Arnie the Beswick shirt. Or Arnie Arnie yeah. the Farmer Beswick. You know, we call this one the signature shirt. Oh fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. Do you, do you guys sell those? Yeah, Arnie does. Yeah, oh, Arnie yeah. does. Does he have a website? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you send it to me? I'll put it in the uh, the description. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As I just finished saying, this isn't about money, and I'm like, hey, do you have it? <laughs> right. But hey, while we're at it, I've designed hoodies. This is the newest one. Go buy the merch, everybody. You know where it is. Um, there you go. Can we go into? I was listening to it because it is. Uh, I, I I bought the uh, I bought the ebook version. You were kind enough to scan me a version, but I went back and bought it. Could give you your money, and for the as again, it's not about the money, guys. It's all about money. Um, for Kindle versions, because it's not on Audible, and I always I always scold people for that. I'm like, you gotta put it on Audible. But if you put it on Kindle, everybody listening, at least on an iPhone, you can actually listen to it. If you go into general accessibility spoken content speech controller and a little thing pops up and it's got a finger and a play button you use the finger touch the screen it will start reading but it will stop as soon as it reaches the bottom of the page and then you got to manually do it but nobody wants to do that so if you use a little finger icon and you touch it it'll start reading then hit the pause button and hit play it will start reading again and then it will just start doing it it'll go for the rest of the book bad part about that is and i've been meaning to say this on an episode this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your book is uh is if you do that and then you close it out it'll because it reads what's on the screen so if you close that out and then you pull up like your text messages it will then start reading your text so it, it, it's but the point of all of that is is i was listening to it 
uh, and I went to Walmart and I came back and it was I was kind of not paying attention but I did pay attention to it was a really roundabout way of saying can you go in and explain what happens when they're, they're when they're on some like cliffside or something and they hit and they like flew off a who was it a car went over the edge of a cliff and it oh, hit yeah. a tree and so yeah so they've been out in California and so Arnie wanted to go see his brother who lived in Denver at the time and so they took it's the winter it's like February um, whatever so they were coming back through the through the mountains and ran into a snowstorm, obviously. And and Terry Kukel is a guy that's riding with with Arnie. He's crewing for him, and he was just about to tell him that he was maybe going a little bit too fast when the truck starts to jackknife. And you know, so it sashays back and forth, and so on and so forth. And and it the the trailer literally came loose from the truck and started doing its own dance and went. Hit, hit the guardrail and go jumps the guardrail and so the car that was on the trailer which was strapped down but it 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 still you know went down over the cliff a ways and as i say in the book the good news was that um or the bad news was that a tree stopped it but the good news was that a tree stopped it yeah. you know yeah so it was then it was damaged really very very badly all the way almost up to the back window mm-hmm. and uh so it took them several months to get that all you know reworked and so forth before the car was usable again but uh at least it wasn't you know another 500 foot down which would have just but a, there would have been nothing left of it a flat nothing. yeah absolutely it would have had, probably would have come close to terminal velocity it would have flattened right it's yeah <laughs> can you also go into um it was you were describing something and you went in and actually said and you're like and I, I think you said like and this may sound like exaggeration but it was actually measured a car flew like it, it's, it somehow like went off the track or something and it flew a hundred feet it got 30 feet in the air yeah yeah what was that again so that was the that was the demise of the original tiger car or in, and it had been named the tameless tiger by then and so uh, Arnie had let, and they called him Little Arnie. He was Arnie Balin, and he was driving it down in Farmington, North Carolina. And there are two two versions. Uh, you know, Arnie Beswick thought is still convinced to this day that it was just bailing overdriving the car because he was just he had no fear. And um, but there were I. I witness accounts of people at the track that thought they saw something break on the car that made it, you know, veer, you know, sharply one direction or the other. Um, and then, you know, hit the guardrails and stuff and goes up and, you know, over and through a tree and come before it coming down again. And, uh, you know, just, you know, just destroyed the car, obviously. But in the book, obviously, there's a, there's a couple pictures yeah. of the Hulk and this, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, and and there was another uh, racer that said years later, um, and well, his name is I'll tell you his name is Dave Benkoski. He had he one of the boss birds later that said little Arnie was very 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 hard on equipment and he didn't stay with any one driver for very long. Yeah. So, but that's I mean I feel like that's a cost though of being at the front. Is it's I mean it's like what Elon Musk calls. Um, there's a great book called uh, 
um, Space Barons by Christian Davenport. And it's about Bezos and Musk and how they're kind of like, uh, you know, before that we had Jobs and Gates. And maybe before that you could have like an Edison and a Tesla or a Carnegie and a whatever. Right? You always have these titans going at yeah. it, which is what drives progress forward. Um, yeah. And they have Musk's whole thing is uh, Bezos is this very um, – it's Bezos has a great saying and it's uh, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast it's kind of never go very slowly but do it correctly we'll never have to redo it and yeah, so admittedly yeah. it can take a while but you're going very slowly and it's going to work whereas right. Musk has a little more of this uh, kind of firing from the hip type thing you know accuracy right. through volume and uh, he calls explosions uh I think RUDs rapidly un rapidly unscheduled disassemblies, and uh, his his whole thing is like if you're not he has a they both have great sayings Musk or Bezos I use Bezos's in my own mind for like the podcast slow is smooth smooth is fast one episode a day just one episode a day just ch- 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 keep it moving forward and then Musk's is like head down, plow through the line. It's just sort of turn it up to 11 and break through the wall. And um, he always talks about, uh, Musk says, you know, we often look at history and we say, oh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, iPhone tech, it'll, it'll, you know, touchscreens will be a reality in 20, 20 years. Or, you know, one day we'll have electric cars or one day we'll have gigabit ethernet or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, these things, they're not like planting a tree and like one day it will be here. He's like, we have this misconception that, oh, well, you know, in 20 years it'll happen. It's like, no, 20 years is what happens when you're pushing it every day. Like someone is pushing. It's not just you and I see it as, oh, now it's, you know, 15 years ago an iPhone was, I mean, it was the bee's knees if you had an iPhone. And now I just have one. I just don't even know what it is. Screen's cracked. Whatever. It's just, you know. But we don't see the Apple researchers or whoever pushing it every day. Um. With that, Musk talks about if you're not – it's kind of like how every – I think it's every couple of years someone dies in Navy SEALs training. Okay. And uh, obviously it's a tragedy, but uh, the Navy SEAL, the, the, the retired Navy SEAL commander, Jocko Willink, says that that's actually good because that shows that we are pushing them to the absolute limits. If we're going for 10 years and no one, and you don't try to make anyone die, but at the same time, it lets you know that you're right there. Because you don't want to be training and be like, well, are we pushing them the hardest? Because what if they get out into the field and, you know, they all get killed? Every couple of years when someone dies, that means, okay, we are on the edge of progress. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, not maybe not so much drag racing, but the auto industry, you know, has found so many safety things added to them because of racing you know either whether it's car or or and sometimes drag racing yet too you know but but the automobile industry is like man this 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 really would help save lives well so that's that well that's why that's what i was getting to is musk talks about you know he's had billions of dollars of rockets explode over the years but he says by pushing it to the edge that's where we see what works and what you're saying about arnie arnie being very tough on on his on his machines but that's where you make those incremental bits of progress right it's yeah was didn't he say like 
uh, he was pushing a car or something and he was pushing it three times what it was said it was able to do. And that's what it led to a disaster. And afterwards he said, these things should be rated for 10 times. Like my brother, the, the engineer said, he said, engineers, uh, they specialize in idiot proofing things. Yeah, so he's like, yeah. the elevator says, you know, maximum weight, 800 pounds. He's like, I guarantee you that can hold 8,000, but they know that no one's going to do 800. A bunch of drunk guys are going to get on there and be like, oh, I could probably hold us. And they're going to put 2000 in, which is why it's secretly actually rated for 8,000. But you don't yeah. tell anyone it's 8,000 because that's someone's going to go, we can hold 10. And that's when you die. But yeah. Ar- you, you said Arnie spoke about that and that, but that makes sense though. Right. Kind of like yeah. you're talking. Yeah. You're talking about the torque converter explosion yeah, in, the, yeah. in the mystery tornado. Yeah. And that's where he got the burns, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also that's why he was on crutches with, with the, with the great lakes power. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, he was still on crutches, you know, cause he got hot oil and transmission oil yeah. on him and, and sprained his ankle, I believe. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's why he wasn't driving. And, you know, he was there cheering Don Gay on with that match race. Yeah. 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 He had to be be airlifted out. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting, though, because there are, you can kind of like the trickle down uh, from the space race, like the technology does kind of bleed back into the public sector. Oh, Um, sure. But, yeah, I guess I'd never thought about that, but that makes sense, right? It's how would you get testing data from, you know, if you're designing a a Honda Civic or a Suburban and, you know, kind of like the elevator example, you do need to find out what happens when it goes 200 miles an hour, just so you know. Yeah, so they put the parts in race cars. Yeah, so exactly. So, well, hey, instead of, you know, we don't have to do a hypothetical. It's just slap it on these race cars. They're doing 200 every weekend. (laughs) you know screw it slap it on there and you see what the tolerances are and how those things can survive and i yeah i can only imagine well shit if you know if they nailed down the safety so you know you're doing 200 and you can flip and hit a tree well then that's probably going to do just fine on like a dodge caravan right it's it's it does bleed back it's very interesting i hadn't thought about that um wrap this up in like in like two three more minutes um well, so so, uh, and you can probably I sent you a picture yeah. of a red GTO yeah, and so I didn't I didn't talk about this in the book so much, but uh, um, and you can probably when you edit this together put that JPEG in there yeah. So uh, when Arnie started working on his '66, um, the, pretty much the Tiger car was all he was driving. The Mystery Tornado was just sitting in the shop or whatever you know in the garage. And so he took and he used the back half of the frame for the mystery tornado to, to build the 66 star of the circuit. And so that left the body, you know, um, and he had given the, the aluminum front end to bailing for his services. Um, but uh, that still left the rest of the body sitting on sawhorses or something like that in the shop. So he was approached by uh, uh, Bill, uh, God, What's his last name? I can't even remember his name. Oh, Forbes, Bill Forbes, uh, who was a stock car racer out of uh, Sterling Rock Falls. And so um, Arnie either sold or let him use the body. And they painted it red and and it said sponsored by Arnie Beswick on it for a while and so forth. But um, they turned it into a stock car. And the the picture that I sent you 
which you'll see is was from 1969. So that went into probably 1970, 71, 72, or something like that, um, before it probably was so dented up and 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 whatnot that it just was not gonna, usable anymore. I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, and anyway, so when Bill Forbes, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's Bill in the car. So um, anyway. When, when Bill came over to pick up the car, um, it was the body. We had no sound seal, sealer, no dum-dum or anything like that in it. And so Bill, Bill said he'd never picked up a lighter car in his life. And it only took four people to lift up the whole body. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> right, but that's what, that's what it has to be. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's yeah. insane. Um, yeah, I did want to wrap this up on uh, – but you have a very special relationship with Arnie, right? You, I mean, you, you call him dad. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I when I did that video on back in '96, that's when I really, really, really got to know him yeah. really well. And then, like I said, we stayed so much in touch. He's he's like a father to me. That's, he really. Well, that's awesome, man. So, I mean, what better way to end this than? Well, happy birthday to your dad. Happy birthday, <laughs> Mr. Beswick. Ninety-one years young. I'm thirty. Right. I'm thirty. I hope I can do. I hope I can do half that time, and I hope I can do half the shit. I don't even know if I want to do half the shit you did. I mean, that, I, I, I drive like a grandmother, so maybe not. Maybe that's a bad example. It's, yeah. uh, so it's sub- the subjective of adventure. I hope I have a exactly. subjective adventure like you. Maybe not the cars, maybe not the burning fluids and all that stuff. But, you know, maybe. Maybe I can conjure up my inner Arnie. Maybe I can maybe get the computer to work a little faster jack up the air condition maybe we all maybe that's the takeaway from this is the first two takeaways are everything's politics and everything's money so what's the third takeaway how do you what's the solution to the problem because anybody can propose a problem so what's the solution we can say conjure up your inner arnie and instead of bitching about how unfair things are and how things may be stacked against you use that as fuel take their insult Turn it into your nickname. Try to cut the corners in the most legal but uh, intuitive and inventive ways and then go down as a legend. Yeah. And I think that's what we all need is our inner Arnie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Mr. Beswick. Highly doubt you're watching, but on the off chance that you are, happy birthday, Mr. Beswick. Dean Fate, author of The Farmer, the story about Arnie Beswick. An absolute madman who's still alive. Today's his 91st birthday, which is insane. Guys, seriously, go read the book or listen to it like I did. You can do it on your Kindle or you can do it on the Kindle app on any device. And it's it's, it's a real-life Talladega Nights. This guy's insane, and he pioneered all of it. It's... It pioneered all of it. Again, we we can always go back and say, you know, well, we know that this happens now, but it's like the guys who first went, you know, went to the moon. No one knew what the hell was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. They had they had prepped speeches for if they didn't come back. They already had them written and on the table that the president would read if they didn't come back. And uh, that's what Arnie did. But he did it with racing, and it's absolutely insane. And it's inspiring. The dude took the thing that he loved. I mean, I can re- I can identify with that with this podcast. He took what he loved. There was no big money in it. He lived on a house paid for by his dad, and he just he just kept going at it. And he kept working at it, and he, there'd be setbacks, and he never threw in the towel, and he never said, oh, well, I guess that's it. I guess it's just not fair. Exactly no, he right. just turned it up to 11, 
and would go so fast that he almost died. And then he did almost die, and he came back after being airlifted, had ice water put on his burns, came back in crutches, broke through a window, and still stuck up for his name. I mean, if that's not the man we should all strive to be, is protect your kingdom and that which you love. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be 91 and still pulling 200 miles an hour in a drag racer. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's still passionate about his Pontiacs. <laughs> what, what an animal. You yeah. sh- you should you should try to get him on here. You should you should try to sit him down in front of a camera. Well, obviously, when I'm not in Las Vegas, uh, you know, I'll have to do that when I'm back in Moline, but yeah, we'll yeah. have to work up. Yeah, you should, you should talk to him. Maybe you could be his uh, you could be his chaperone. You could sit there with him. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe he won't be interested. I don't know, but I think that would, def- would be. I think that would be yeah. really cool if you could get him on there. I would like to have you present because I think I would be intimidated. So. Dean, you can right. be a uh, you so can easy to talk to. Okay. He is so easy to talk to. Okay. All right. Well that honestly that would be badass. I'd love for you to get him on here. Yeah. Don't don't feel obligated. Not not to put you on the spot like that. Do it, Dean. Yeah, really. Uh, do it, and I'll only be happy if you do it. No, yeah, really. But um guys, the book will be in the description. It's a great book. I as I've said, I'm not even someone interested in racing or sports or any of that, but I found it interesting. And there and because there are real life lessons to take away from it. I'm never going to race. I'm not going to get into racing because of this book, but there are lessons, you know, if, if the world's stacked against you, you can sit there and pout and say, well, I guess that's it. Or no, you can do the metaphorical equivalent of drilling holes in the hood to make <laughs> your car go faster. Drill the holes in your hood. If someone, yeah. if someone measures your metaphorical engine and the metaphorical race of life and they screw you, Drill holes in the hood and go faster. That's right. That's all I got from this. Amen. Yep. Mr. Fate, thank you so much for coming on here, sir. And uh, we'll have thank to do you. it again sometime. I'll send you an email okay. when it's up. Definitely, definitely float it to Arnie. See, see yeah, what I will. Right. So, yeah, the last the last one I sent to his daughters and so forth. And awesome. So, so yeah. Well, so. That, that, that might not have been the best one to send. I was sitting here squirming and sweating as I had <laughs> diarrhea. And I was like, i got to finish this thing up. And that was yeah. the first time Dean and I ever spoke. So he was probably like, the hell's wrong with this guy? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this, so this is the full podcast experience. This is what it was supposed yeah. to be last time. There we go. All right. Thank you for coming on here, sir. I'll email it when Thanks it's uploaded. And, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. God bless. Stay safe, everybody. We live in the best nation on earth. Don't ever forget that. And, uh, have a good weekend, everybody. Dean, take care my man. Thank you. You too. All right, buddy. You take it easy. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.